Welcome to the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast, a weekly look into the world of Royal Caribbean cruising. I'm your host, Matt Hotchberg, and this is episode number 85. I'm really excited for this week's podcast episode because at the end of this week, I'll be taking my very next Royal Caribbean cruise vacation on the brand new Quantum of the Seas. I want to take you with me on this cruise, well, virtually anyway, and preview my cruise on Quantum of the Seas and the Caribbean itinerary that I'm going on. We'll look at why I booked this cruise, take a closer look at Quantum of the Seas, the ports we're visiting, and review some of the plans we have for this trip. Here we go. As many of you know, my cruise this week on Quantum of the Seas is part of the Royal Caribbean blog group cruise, which I've been planning for about two years now. As with all cruises I preview, I like to take a look at why I booked this particular sailing, as I think it really does help others kind of understand and explore the the thought process that goes into planning a cruise. So when Royal Caribbean announced Quantum of the Seas and her high itineraries, I thought it was the perfect opportunity to plan a group cruise because I always wanted to do a group cruise, and I suspect that a lot of others would also want to try this brand new ship out. And of course, this isn't a new, just a new ship. This is a new class of ships. So it kind of all came together and made perfect sense. Now, Royal Caribbean offered a lot of different itineraries for Quantum at first, and honestly, not a lot of them appealed to me. There were some that stood out, but you know, a lot of them were to places that, you know, that didn't excite me necessarily. And I love Royal Caribbean ships, but where we go for me is a really important factor. And cruises to places like the Bahamas or Port Canaveral were not of great interest to me. Now, I also only had a week of vacation time to take for this particular cruise. So there were sailings that went for, you know, 10, 12 nights, but, you know, those weren't really feasible for what I was looking for. But the itinerary that really sh- stuck out for me was an eight night sailing left on a Saturday and came back on a Sunday, which I thought was just perfect. In addition, we'd be visiting Royal Caribbean's private Island of Labadee, which I don't think this is a newsflash to anybody listening to this. I absolutely love any excuse to get down to Labadee makes perfect sense to me. The other ports uh, that were on the cruise were uh, San Juan, Puerto Rico and Samana, Dominican Republic. I've been to San Juan a number of times, but I love visiting there. So honestly, just like Labadee, I welcome any excuse to stop over in this beautiful port. There's just, it's just, it's gorgeous. It's, it's part of the United States. It's very easy to get yourself acclimated and, but it feels foreign in a way. And the final port was Samana, which is brand new to me. I've never been there. In fact, I think when I was looking at this cruise, it was the first time I actually ever heard of it. But somewhere brand new to to explore is really, you know, that's what makes cruising so exciting for me. That's what I really love about it. It's not, you know, being on the ships, but getting to places maybe you wouldn't ordinarily go because I probably wouldn't plan a week vacation in a place like Samana or some of the other islands I visited. But, you know, being there for the day, you get a good taste of it. And then maybe later on, we plan a different trip. Anyway, with all that in mind, I booked this cruise all the way back in 2013 and started the countdown. Now, in that time, quite a bit changed. First of all, Royal Caribbean changed our itinerary about a half dozen times. And now, as we're about one week from my cruise, we are visiting San Juan at night from 4 p.m. to 1 a.m. We have a stop in Labadee, and Royal Caribbean canceled our Samana stop altogether. So, for those keeping score at home, we are visiting two ports and the Puerto Rico stop is kind of a weird one. It's at 4 p.m. to 1 a.m. one. And you know what? This happens. This is something that – this is one of the dangers of booking well, well in advance. I still think it's worth it to book far in advance. Again. I mean, I've probably paid less than some people who maybe booked a year ago or even six months ago. And I was able to really have you know pick of the litter in terms of stateroom. So there's and, – and that goes into a whole different discussion. But it, this is a possibility, and this does happen. We've read reports of it. Actually, there's someone on – Royal Caribbean blog reported something similar. They actually had a, a worse experience. They had their crews go from, I think, a week to like five days or something that they had been looking at. But these things happen. Hey, 
you know, and I'll be honest, I wasn't thrilled when the itinerary changes happened. And, you know, I'd be lying if I told you that the itinerary we're going on today is as good or better than when I booked it. But I also booked this cruise on Quantum of the Seas to be on Quantum of the Seas. This is a brand new class of ships. And I wanted ample time to explore the ship and spend time on her. So even when I was looking in it back in 2013, I wouldn't have picked a cruise that had, you know, a stopover every day and only had maybe one or two sea days. I wanted a lot of sea days and be careful what you wish for. That's what I got. You know, Royal Caribbean builds these ships to be a destination in and of itself. So having just two port stops isn't necessarily a bad thing. And the more I think about it, you know, it's not a... It is an opportunity really to explore the ship, and I don't have any excuses as to if someone asks me, Matt, what did you think about this? I didn't have time to go see that. No, not at all. This time, I'm going to have time is be on my side in terms of exploring Quantum of the Seas. In addition, I kind of love the idea of being in San Juan at night because right now I'll get ample time to have a nice dinner and spend time in the evening in San Juan. This is something I haven't really done a whole lot of. I've always been in San Juan for the day. You get there in the morning, you run around, you sweat. <laughs> You see all the sights, and you're back, you know, either on the ship or back in the hotel room by, you know, the evening. So you don't really get a night out in San Juan. So this is kind of a cool thing, and San Juan has a great nightlife, so I'm pretty excited for what San Juan is going to hold. Now, the other big change for this cruise is, since I booked it, is I'll actually be going solo on this cruise. When we booked it, the whole family was going, and, well, I'll be with a number of Royal Caribbean fans as well who read this blog, obviously, and listen to this podcast, too. But my wife and kids will not be joining me on it. As it turned out, my second daughter is not old enough to cruise yet, and my wife didn't feel comfortable leaving her with family, so they're just going to be skipping this cruise. And I'll definitely be missing them having their with me. I mean, cruising with them has been something I've always done, really. But on the other side of things, this will be my first real solo cruise experience, and I think that'll be a fun adventure in and of itself because, you know, there are a lot of people who choose to cruise solo. And whether they've done it before or they're thinking about doing it, I mean, from blog standpoint, it's a great idea because this is great. It's all research, people. <laughs> That's what I'm looking for here. But I think this is going to give me a different opportunity to really, you know, again, in, in, indulge in my nerdiness of, you know what, I'm going to spend an hour over here writing my blog post on the on the pool deck. Or I'm going to go explore something maybe my wife wouldn't necessarily love all that much, you know. Doing things that basically I want to do. And this that's the great thing about being solo on a cruise ship is you get to do what you want when you want. And it kind of is kind of liberating in that spec. Plus, hey, like I said earlier, I'm going to be there with other Royal Caribbean blog readers and, and podcast listeners. So for me, that's an awesome opportunity. Now I can go hang out and be like, hey, guys, you know, what are we doing next? <laughs> Let's have some fun together. And that's really, again, being with friends on a cruise ship, that's what it's really about. So we, we talked about the, the itinerary. Let's talk about the stateroom I picked. So again, back way back in the day, I booked a virtual balcony. We're on deck 12. And this is a large interior stateroom. Now, we booked the large interior stateroom because we thought we were going to have, well, at the time, three people in, this, in the room with us, you know, me and my wife and my, and my first daughter. And we didn't even think about the second daughter. But anyway, it could actually handle four people. But in the end, I actually stuck with this stateroom for two reasons. Number one, I wanted to have a virtual balcony. I thought this was a cool opportunity to really see the virtual balcony in person. I've seen it before, but I haven't actually stayed in a virtual balcony stateroom before. And I figured, you know what? Why not? And I, I've talked, I've waxed poetically, in fact, about being in an inside stateroom with the opportunity, again, to be able to sleep really, really well. It's pitch dark in there. That kind of, a, I haven't done that in a long time, so that's kind of exciting for me. And it's kind of interesting because right about, I would say, about two, three months ago, Royal Caribbean, I checked on RoyalCaribbean.com, you know, what was available still on the cruise, and there was actually a studio balcony that came up. Now, we were past the final payment date, so I wouldn't have been able to save any money, but I could have booked it, changed to it, because the amount I paid for my interior stateroom was more than the studio balcony, and under Royal Caribbean's policy, if you're past the final payment date, you can't 
rebook for a lower fee. But if some if some category above you opens up and is lower than what you paid, you can transfer into there and it, for the same cost. So this was an opportunity. Okay, I'm, I'm cruising by myself, and this is an opportunity to get a balcony stateroom. Granted, it's a studio balcony. You know, do I want to do that? I really struggled with this for a little while because I was like, you know, maybe I do. I thought at first I thought it was a no brainer. I was going to do, it. and I was like, you know, but then again, I really want to do the virtual balcony and. The other thing, by the way, I should mention is the studio balcony was a guarantee. So I wouldn't have been able to pick my room. It would have been like Royal Caribbean would have signed it for me. And right now I have a great one. I'm up on deck 12. I'm like midship. This is like, you know, I'm really close to the Windjamer. These are the priorities, people. I'm telling you, you got to be close to food. <laughs> you know, it's a really great located stateroom. I know what it is. And, you know, do I really care about the balcony all that much? I'm not. My wife loves it. She, if she, if this was her on this podcast and she was cruising by herself, she would have taken the studio balcony in a heartbeat. But you know what? I decided I want to have the extra room because I already paid for it. It's already, it was paid off a long time ago. So I'm going to get the extra room in terms of the large interior stateroom. I'm going to have a great space and I get to check out the virtual balcony. So for me, this is all win, win, win all, all around. Let's talk about my plans on the ship on quantum of the sea. So I booked a lot and in Royal Caribbean really actually encourages you to book in advance. It's funny because when we booked the cruise, we booked the cruise and there wasn't really a whole lot you could book in advance. But then since then, actually, Royal Caribbean rolled out its cruise planner software, which actually now well, at first was for Quantum of the Seas. And I'm pretty sure every cruise out there now, you're going to be using this new software. And if you were fortunate, and I use that word lightly, to have started using cruise planner in the very beginning, I'm talking about like last year, you know, the software was really buggy. It would not work all the time. It would, you know, be locked. It, it would be lock you out a couple of times. Like you just try to go in and it wouldn't work. Since then, it's gotten a whole lot better. And honestly, I think in the last couple of months, in fact, last, maybe the last six months, it's been a whole lot easier to use. Really simple. And I'm really digging it. But like I said, a lot of what Quantum of the Seas offers is the opportunity to really book a lot of experiences and and things in advance, so to speak. So I really took advantage of this. First, starting with dining. You know, a lot of people are very aware of the dynamic dining situation. And, you know, dynamic dining is kind of interesting animal as it is right now here in March 2015. You know, I, we've talked a little bit about it on the podcast. No doubt you probably read a lot about it on the blog here. There's a lot that's going on with it. It's far from perfect. No question about it. But I'm still kind of excited for it. I think there's a couple things that are going to be happening that are in my favor, I think. Number one, I booked this cruise again in March. Quantum of the Seas launched back in November. There's quite a bit of time that's gone on since then. And I think a couple, you know, little of the kinks have been ironed out. A little bit of the system has been improved a little bit. And I think that's for the better. I don't, I don't anticipate the kind of issues people were reporting in November necessarily, but I'm prepared for it. And I think I'm better prepared for it. And I think other people that are going on this cruise know what to expect as well. We were certain to, we, we knew that we had to book in advance and I recommended everybody who's in the group cruise to book well in advance, you know, make your dining reservations, do as much as you can online. So that way you're assured of certain experiences. And, and you know what? The cruise planning software has been really good with that. I really felt it. it it's worked well. So let's talk about what I've booked. So I booked pretty much as much dining as humanly possible. <laughs> this cruise, if I don't gain 50 pounds, it'll be a miracle. <laughs> so I booked Silk on night one. Silk is a restaurant. Of course, it's the Asian restaurant. I didn't love it on my two-nighter that I did back in November, which actually, if someone's new to the podcast or hasn't listened to all the episodes, I've actually been on Quantum of the Seas. Back in November, there was a two-night media cruise I took, which was a mere sampling. It really was like, I mean, over in a blink of an eye. So I've been on the ship. I've experienced some of it, but I mean, you know, it's kind of like saying like, you know, if you've been to a particular country 
when you were just a baby? Does that count when someone asks you as an adult, have you been to that country? I say no. And in this situation, that two-nighter was great, but it's not the real experience. This is the real experience. So I'm looking forward to Silk. I love Asian food. It wasn't my favorite restaurant that I tried. Actually, I think of all the sit-down restaurants, it might have been actually the least favorite, which is interesting because going on to it, I thought it was going to be my favorite. But I think they've changed menus since then. So I'm looking forward to seeing Silk now. But I've booked Silk there. Uh, I've also booked a number of experiences. I booked iFly. There's a complimentary one-minute flight, which is all that I need. Trust me, I don't need to be in there for more than a minute. And it's something you book on Cruise Planner. It's complimentary, as I mentioned. I, I did all that online in advance. So I booked my time there. So look, I'm, I just got to get someone to take a photo of me looking totally awful. I mean, <laughs> when you're in the iFly, this is the iFly by Ripcord. It's the skydiving simulator. <laughs> there's just there's no such thing as a flattering photo that's coming out of this. Just putting it out there. It's just the way it is. But you know what? I got to try it. Yeah, I've heard it. I've heard very good things about it. In fact, a lot of people really rave about this. So I want to try it myself. So I'm going to be checking out the one minute flight on iFly. I'm also going to be doing uh, seeing the show Mamma Mia, the Broadway musical. I didn't see it when I was on the two nighter. I figured I didn't, you know, on two nights, you know, 48 hours. That's like that's, that's like 10% of my cruise. I can't do that. I know it's not really 10%, but you get the idea. You know, I, I, I skipped it then, but here. Time is on my side, like I mentioned. So I'm going to be checking out Mamma Mia here on a Broadway show. My wife is not happy about that. She really wanted to see it, but I'm going to be checking it out myself. I'm also dining in the Grand Restaurant, which on my two-nighter was my favorite restaurant that I ate at. So I'm really looking forward to going checking out. I got my eyes set on that eggplant Napoleon. I'm just telling you right now, I'm already craving it. Cannot wait. Now, I've also got uh, – we. Actually, what's really cool is we've actually booked on night three for all, everyone who booked into the room package. As, as a big thank you from our partner at MEI Travel, we booked actually for everyone there who's in the package again a dinner at Wonderland. And I am so excited for this. I tried this Wonderland, as I think I've mentioned on the podcast before, and on, on the two-nighter. And this is going to be great because I think Wonderland is the perfect venue for groups. I mean, it's that kind of just – it's a group kind of experience. It, it's, it's such a unique place. I can't wait to get in here and and really experience it with everyone else and see how, what everyone else thinks about this restaurant. It's just the just the the shtick of Wonderland just is, is so is so darn cool. So I'm really excited for that. Now for night four, I actually didn't book anything because we're going to be in San Juan and I'm going to be there for dinner. I am not passing up on some mofongo and any other local food I can get my hands on. I am so excited to eat in San Juan. I might I might not eat anything during the daytime that day. All right, that's probably a lie. I'll probably still be in the wind gym air. But anyway, I can't wait to go into San Juan and, and have a gastronomic tour of the city. So that's going to be a lot of fun. So I didn't book anything on board because I'm going to be exploring San Juan and getting my food groove on. <laughs> I've also booked a dinner at Chop's Grill. It's Chops, dude. I can't pass up Chops. It, I think it's a Royal Caribbean staple, and I'm look, really looking forward to checking out Chops myself. And I've also booked Star Water, which is a show I actually did see on my two-nighter. And who can pass up a Madonna-Rihanna remix mashup? <laughs> it's it's such an odd show, but it's so visually, it's amazing. And, and you know, Star Water takes place in 270, which is the amazing venue at the aft of Quantum of the Seas. And I'm looking forward to not just seeing Starwater, but I want to spend as much time in 270 as I can because I've heard wonderful things about what they do here during the daytime. So I'm really looking forward to it as well. Now, when we're in Labadee, well, I'll be having quite a number of Labadoozies, as you might imagine. In fact, one of the group events we're having as part of the Royal Caribbean Blog group cruises, we're doing a Labadoozie meetup. 
and I am buying the first round because I don't want anybody not to have at least experienced a Lava Doozy. I think this will be really cool. It's just a great opportunity to experience really paradise for me. So I'm really excited for Lava And that night, I'm actually going to be eating a Jamie's Italian, which I've heard wonderful things about. I'm really excited for that. I love Italian. I've heard good things about Jamie's uh, Italian. So this is win-win, right? Cannot wait. Now, here's a, speaking of changes earlier, here's something else that changed. I booked way back in the day, Devonly Decadence, which is another specialty restaurant that at the time had a cover charge. But in the time since then, Rokerian pulled the cover charge. And so I was, well, this is great. And I was like, but well, what happens to my money I paid? I think it was like 20 or 25 bucks I paid for it. So I called Royal Caribbean. Long story short, it's very simple. If I didn't call nothing, this would have happened anyway. But the amount that I paid was actually just going to be applied as an onboard credit. So... I probably could have fought to get it refunded, but let's be honest, that 20, 25 bucks is going to be spent anyway, so may as well have an extra 25 bucks or whatever it is waiting for me. And again, I've heard really good things. Some people, I didn't get a chance to try Devonly Decadence when I was on the two nighters. Some people, other people have done it. John Roberts, my good friend from In Loop Travel, he said it was amazing. So, you know, if John raves about something that isn't beer, I've got to try it. So I'm going to be checking that out. I've also booked Sonic Odyssey, which is a really cool show. I haven't seen it yet. And this is kind of an interesting uh, experience. I don't know how to describe it. It's got an earth harp, which I don't even know what that is, but it's supposed to be really amazing. Again, these are the kind of, I I love doing these things that Royal Caribbean, that you can only find on a Royal Caribbean ship. And Royal Caribbean is really proud of their entertainment on Quantum of the Seas. So from that standpoint, I'm pretty, you know, I'm pretty stoked about what's what's on here. There's a lot that's going on, but I think I've I'm leaving myself open to 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 try different things, and I want to force myself again to get out there. Will this be the cruise I go on the rock climbing wall? Hmm, maybe. Maybe we'll have to have an impromptu group cruise uh, rock climbing wall meet. I know some people have been talking to me about it, about going and checking that out for themselves as well. So maybe this will be an opportunity I finally get to go. On the rock climbing wall, I don't know. The other thing I've been wrestling about, and I got this has been a debate between uh, me, my wife, uh, some of my good friends here, Michael Poole, who you know on the podcast. I've been tweeting about it. Should I get the drink package? Now, the drink package is a podcast episode in and of itself. We've actually talked about it, and we could probably do many more episodes of it. These are the unlimited alcohol packages Royal Caribbean offers. I like to have a drink. I don't like. I don't necessarily need to have ten drinks a day. But let's keep in mind a couple things. On the one side, I'm going to be on an eight-night cruise with only two port days, so six days on the ship, and I'm going to be by myself. <laughs> you know, and no, no family, I should say. Obviously, lots of friends around. When in Rome, you're going to want to have a drink, and certainly being on a cruise kind of, you know, it's that boat drinks mentality, right? You're just, you know, guys at the bar ordered boat drinks, and you feel obliged to order something. And it kind of was like, well... You know, if I get, this will be a good opportunity to see how much value the drink package offers me. You know, so it's good for research, and I use that excuse for everything. <laughs> but I was trying to think. You know, oh, it may, this might make sense because I think a lot of times the problem is those port calls kill it. And one of the ports we're stopping at is Labadee, where the drink package is included. So this seems like a slam dunk, right? Then I thought about the other side. I don't. I mean, I'd have to drink about six to seven drinks a day, every day, for the package to be worth. It. I think it's a lot for me. That sounds like a lot. Uh, maybe those things will change when I'm on the ship. I don't know. But, you know, I was always planning on just, you know, buying drinks a la carte and kind of going from there. But, you know, I'm just not sure. So what I decided on is to wait. One of the kind of tips I've been sharing on the podcast and on the blog is you actually don't have to order the drink package in advance. You have to drink order the drink package on day one. Royal Caribbean wants you to and certainly encourages you to, but you don't have to. The secret is you can actually book the drink package any point in the cruise, up to at least four days left on your cruise. So I could book it on day two if I wanted to, and it'll actually prorate me 
the rest of the package amount. And for me, I think I'm going to wait and see. I'm going to go a day or two and see how much I am drinking. Am I, is it going to be worth it? Am I am I going to get to day two and I'm going to have racked up, you know, 20 drinks? I, maybe I will. <laughs> I'm having a good time. Maybe I will. I don't know. But I just, I'm not sure yet. So I want to see how it goes. And if I decide, you know what? After two days, I want to try the drink. I want to go with the drink package. I'll buy it. And if not, if I'm fingering, I'm not really drinking all that much. I'm too busy on the rock climbing wall or whatever it is I'm doing then that's what I'm going to be doing as well. Now, in terms of other things that I am planning on doing this cruise, you know, there's just a lot. I want to get to the gym. I think I've shared this story about I did on Navigator of the Seas. I did my first ever spin class, and I almost died. <laughs> I was dehydrated, and I was I felt terrible. But this time I know what to do exactly, like, you know, actually bring water with me more than, like, you know, just a small little bottle. Anyway, I want to try that. I would love to be able to offset all this eating I'm going to be doing and obviously, if I'm not curtailing, you know, there's no kids I can blame. Well, the kids, you know, aren't ready yet. I can't leave them with my wife. I don't have any of those excuses. Maybe this is a good excuse to, you know, get out at the gym and, and get a little workout. Again, I'm going to be on the sh- I'm going to, we're going to be at sea so many days. There's really just no excuse. So I'm going to try to do that. I really want to just explore what the ship has to offer and really get a good sense. If I think eight nights, I better darn right have a good sense of what the ship is going to be offering me. And it's kind of a cool thing. The other thing I haven't booked yet, I've been thinking about doing, is the DreamWorks character breakfast. Again, it's research. I got to try it. I'm going to eat breakfast anyway. It does cost a little bit of money for anyone who's looking. It's $10 for adults. For kids, it's free. But for me, by myself, I'd be going there. I think it's I, I, it's something I've always wanted to do. And I think on this cruise, other cruises, it's been at like 7 a.m. I think on this one, it's like 8 or 9 a.m., which isn't terrible. So I might do that. I haven't quite committed to it yet. I still got a little bit of time to work with here, but I'm not sure about that. I think it'd be fun to do. And again, something different. And that's why that's what I love doing on Royal Caribbean Cruises. I love doing my favorites. And you know, you might be saying, Matt, we haven't heard anything about Izumi. Are you going to Izumi? Dude, trust me, I'll be at Izumi. <laughs> I'm not passing up an opportunity to eat there. In fact, let's be honest between I hope my wife isn't listening. I'll be there a couple of different times at least. I'm not sure I'll be there every single night like I did when I was on Oasis of the Seas. But it might be close. I'm not sure. <laughs> it's research. I'm telling her. I mean, this is all just this is really for the blog, honey. I'm not doing this for me. I don't, trust me. I don't want to eat sushi every night. It's just, I got to write blog posts. <laughs> Do you think she'll buy it? I hope so. Or we'll see. So this is gonna be really fun. I, I'm just I'm super excited. I think weather wise, we're gonna be okay. This is March, so I think the first day when we're leaving New Jersey, yeah, it's gonna be cool out there. Actually, it's been warming up lately. Uh, here in the Northeast, and I'm hoping for at least just like, you know, 50s or 60s, but I think by day two, in late day two, certainly by day three, we'll be warm, and this is true of any really cruise you're taking out of the Northeast, you know, as soon as you pass like the Carolinas, and you get down to the, you know, past there, it warms up to the point where you're not bringing jackets anymore, you can wear short sleeve shirts, and then the shorts start breaking out, and then it's the drinks with the, with the little umbrellas in there, and then Matt buys the drink package, I can already see it all now. <laughs> It's going to be a good time. So weather-wise, I'm really hoping for the best. Again, it's not hurricane season. Hoping for smooth sailing. In When we're in Labadee and San Juan, should be. I have no reason to believe that it won't be nice weather. We'll see how it goes. I mean, there's only so much you can do. I have no control over the weather. So I'm just here for a good time, and I'm really looking forward to it. I think it'll be a great experience for me on this ship. And, of course, I'll be live blogging all this on RoyalCaribbeanBlog.com. So if you want to follow along, starting actually probably on Friday, in fact, you'll find the first blog post. And, and throughout every day, each evening, I'll be posting photos and kind of a write-up of everything I'm doing. So really, you should follow along. Go to RoyalCaribbeanBlog.com. Actually, there'll be a link here in the show notes for this episode. I'll link you to it 
I'm not sure how. I guess I'll have to post the first blog post about it in advance so I can link to it. Anyway, it'll be there. Trust me. Go to royalcovenblog.com. You'll find a link to it there and and follow. It, you know, post in the comments. Any questions you have, I want this to be interactive. I'm hoping the really good internet on here is going to allow me to do some things maybe more virtual than just live blogging. I would love to do some sort of a live broadcast. Maybe while we're in Puerto Rico, you know. I, there's there's a lot of possibilities. I'm really considering them all. So you know, be sure to follow us if you don't already on on Twitter and Facebook. On Twitter, we are at the RCL blog, and on Facebook or Facebook.com/slash Royal Caribbean Blog. So anything I do on there, certainly I'll be posting. In addition to just RoyalCaribbeanBlog.com, I'm really excited. Cannot wait, and I'm really looking forward to meeting all of you, the the readers here of the blog and podcast listeners. They're going to be on this cruise with me. We're going to have a great time, guys. I really can't wait. Ugh, just a couple of days to go. Alrighty, time to answer your listener emails. And of course, I always want to make sure I make a point to thank everybody who's left us these great reviews on iTunes. I'll tell you, it's the one thing, leaving a review on iTunes is the best way you can help out the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast. Honestly, it just makes a big difference because it helps other people discover the podcast. And that way, we're all in it together. We all have a great time and it really adds to the community that we already have here. So if you got a minute or two, just go to the iTunes, go leave a review. I'd really appreciate it. Thank you again to everybody who's already done it. You guys are awesome. Let's start with an email from Susan. Where it's, Hi, Matt. I'm really enjoying the podcast. I finished up listening to episode 45 on cruising during hurricane season. I wholeheartedly agree with you on cruising during this time. We've done two back-to-back cruises, one on Liberty and one on the Oasis in September. This September, we this September we have a back-to-back scheduled on Independence of the Seas and are praying all goes as well as the previous ones. On Liberty 2008, we managed to be one day ahead of a hurricane as it hit the island we had just left. On the last day at sea, we had some rain, but we were packing for home anyway, and for 13 days of beautiful weather, it didn't bother us. When we checked in for the Oasis of the Seas, we were told that the passenger count was its lowest it had been all year. This made for a great cruise. The biggest draw for us booking during hurricane season is the low prices. We like doing the back-to-back to stretch the airfare expenses, but can only do that with the low September fares. You are correct on not getting insurance just to cover the bad weather. We are in our mid-60s and do get the insurance for other reasons. I have read so many stories of people getting sick, injured just before the cruise or worse on the cruise and that we feel is a wise investment for us having an elderly ill parent at home is also a good reason for us to have trip protection insurance that may be a good topic to cover in a future podcast keep up the good work thank you susan and you know i think you hit the nail really on the head in terms of why we cruise during hurricane season great prices and that's really the biggest draw and susan you've mentioned that as well and it's what keeps bringing me back year after year are those September and October cruises. In fact, this year we're already considering one for, I think, September as well, maybe October. It's it's kind of the, you know, it's, it's hard to pass up those kinds of prices. And, you know, you get a little more ships coming back now from Europe in that time of year. So there's a lot of variety. There's a lot of itineraries and there's not a lot of price. So it's hard to beat that. Thank you, Susan. Next, we have an email from Jay White, who writes, Going on honeymoon on Independence of the Seas this August. I've been listening for a while and love the show. You never mentioned the ship. Is it because it's so identical to freedom? Just curious. Thanks for all you do. You're right, Jay. It's mostly because two reasons. Number one, it is pretty close to freedom of the seas. Independence of the Seas, of course, is a freedom-class ship, just like Liberty of the Seas. So I feel that the experience is fairly similar. Now, the other factor, the other reason why I haven't talked about it a lot, because I haven't been on Independence of the Seas. <laughs> and I only like to talk about things I've actually experienced because I don't want to be, you know, otherwise, how can you really be, you know, really speak with authority on anything? But, you know, I really feel like the my experience on Freedom of the Seas is going to mirror a lot of what Independence offers. Now, they're not exactly the same, but 
they're close enough that you could pretty much draw a similar conclusions. And I love Freedom of the Seas. I think it's a wonderful ship. And I'll tell you, Jay, if I had to choose, if you say, Matt, you know, would you go on Independence Seas? Heck yeah. I'd go on there. I'd go on Liberty. I mean, any ship really, but I would I would recommend Independence and, and really any of the Freedom Class ships to anybody. I think you're going to have a great time on your honeymoon there. And I, and I can't wait to hear about it, in fact, about how you like Independence. I know that it's, it's one of the, I think it is definitely a ship that floats under the radar. We talked about, there was an email probably a couple of months now ago. Someone asked, you know, why does Liberty Seas float under the radar? And I think Independence floats under the radar even more so. I think it's very much on the radar of people in, in England, you know, in Great Britain who sail out of there. But for the United States, it's very much one of those ships that's just, even though it's like one of the biggest ships in the world, it's kind of like, and there's also Independence Seas. It's over there. We don't really see it necessarily. It's kind of in the periphery. And it's interesting how that kind of works out. I'm not sure what makes it that way, but it's a wonderful ship, honestly. And they do some, the cool thing about independence is they do some really cool itineraries. Like Freedom, up till now, it's actually going to be changing if you've been keeping up on Royal Caribbean blog, but it's been doing that Eastern and Western itinerary out of Port Canaveral. Independence of the Seas has been all over the place. They have these six, eight night itineraries and they go to different places. I think it's kind of cool. So certainly, I think you picked, I think you really picked a nice one there. So very good stuff. Next, we have an email from Michael Vital who writes, Matt, after listening to today's podcast, I got to thinking about an interesting idea for an episode. You answered an email today referencing feedback that Royal Caribbean may or may not influence by. I have an idea. I think it'd be really cool to have someone from Royal Caribbean's customer relations department on a guest. I'd love to hear his or her explanation of who reads the feedback. Is it an entire staff? Do they tabulate such feedback for common themes? Do they read every email or a random sampling? Does the customer relations staff ever immediately go to the executives if they feel it's warranted. Perhaps you can ask a question or two about the common concerns you get in emails. I know I'd enjoy that. Sometimes you hit send, you wonder if anyone is really going to be reading the email or if it gets added to the other thousands and deleted later unread. Just an idea. Talk soon. Michael, great idea. I love the idea. I actually would love to do a lot more. I have tons of ideas to to work with Royal Caribbean on it. You know, from Royal Caribbean standpoint, they're very open about this kind of thing. And they've been really, uh, you know, encouraging me to work with them in terms of these kinds of ideas. And I think it's not a bad idea. Of course, the other thing is, of course, you know, they've got to protect their own interests here. And perhaps they're not comfortable talking or disclosing that kind of a process in the public. I don't know. I'm just making this up here. They They may be fine with it. And, you know, there's not really a big deal here at all. The thing is... There's nothing wrong with asking, right? And the worst thing you're going to say is no thanks. But I think it's a great idea, Michael. And I think that would be really cool to be able to talk with them about that. I'm not sure, you know, is that kind of an anchor society or is that like a customer relations department? Assuming there is such a department, of course. But I think talking about the whole idea of, you know, how Royal Caribbean listens, why they listen, and and kind of their, their workflow there might be an interesting topic because I think I agree. I know there are other people, Michael, who think, you know, is anyone listening? Am I am I just writing comments to nobody? <laughs> and I think the answer, even without talking to Royal Caribbean, and based on my own experience and what I've seen and heard and read, is that, yes, they do listen. In fact, they listen quite a lot. I think they listen most to those post-cruise survey comments. They used to be the common cards. Now it's all online. But I think they really value those. And they certainly value the emails and Facebook. They, they read this stuff. And if you if you don't believe that, I mean, look no further than the changes here coming to Dynamic Dining. You know, the, the menu was radically altered on Quantum of the Seas just well, um, two months into Quantum of the Seas. They've, they're adding that Dynamic Dining Classic option on Anthem of the Seas. You know, these are not things they just decided one day, you know what, we're going to do that just because. No, they're doing this because of feedback. And the towels, remember, you, have to, you used to have to pay that fee for towels to use them. Or you wouldn't pay a fee. You would actually have a deposit. And if you didn't return them, you'd pay money now. That's all gone. Because, you know why? People don't like that. So Royal Caribbean, I think, really does listen. But I think it would be really fascinating to kind of get in on 
you know, be the, that fly on the wall and kind of understand, you know, how things work, where they look the most, what is more weighted than others, if anything, and, and kind of, you know, get that sense of it. So good idea, Michael. I really love it. And we're going to round things out here with an email from Jeff Poole of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Always a pleasure listening to your podcast. It's so much a pleasure. I have listened to all of them twice over the past two weeks at work. I know I'm addicted to cruising. I would like to know when they'll be releasing the itinerary for Harmony of the Seas. I can't wait to cruise on her. I'm going back on the Oasis in October 2015. I was originally scheduled to go on Oasis this May, but my mother unexpectedly passed away, and I had to use my vacation money for the funeral. Sorry to hear that there, Jeff, but I'm glad you're at least able to have another cruise to look forward to in the future. Now, of course, I'm, you're probably under, aware already that the actual Royal Caribbean released the Harmony of the Seas itineraries back, actually last week, in fact. And it's kind of interesting, and we'll take a time here to kind of talk about them. Because at first, they released the Caribbean itineraries, and the Caribbean itineraries were, you know, it's going to be selling out of Fort Lauderdale, yeah, Port Everglades. I keep getting the names confused, but yeah, Port Everglades in Fort Lauderdale. And that's like business as usual, right? Cool, wonderful, awesome. Then the next week, Royal Caribbean released their European sailings, and it turns out actually Harmony of the Seas maiden voyage is going to be over in Europe. That's right. They're going to be debuting in a combination of Barcelona and Rome. Kind of depends. They're going to go back and forth. Think of it kind of like how in Alaska, cruises start out in like Seattle, Vancouver, and then go up to Alaska, and then they the cruise ends in Alaska, and then a new cruise begins over there. Same, similar concept. Anyway. They're going to be doing that for a little while. So the summer, when it first debuts, will be in Europe, and then it'll come over to the United States. I think it's going to be pretty cool. I mean, obviously, the United States is going to be doing the usual Eastern, Western Caribbean. I don't think... I think they promised some new ports. I'm not sure what that means exactly, but, you know, I don't think it's going to be anything terribly crazy or wild. I think it's pretty much going to be doing what Oasis and, and Allure have been doing for a while now. But, obviously, the ship itself is pretty exciting because they're adding some new things. We've got already the water slides that have been announced were there. There's going to be the new dynamic dining stuff on there, the new Wi-Fi. It's basically getting a lot of quantum features while still retaining its Oasis base. So this is pretty interesting. And I know a lot of people, a lot of our blog readers and podcast listeners have been telling me they can't wait to check out Harmony of the Seas. So that's going to be really interesting. We're going to keep an eye on that one. So thank you for the email, Jeff. And of course, thank you to everybody for these great emails. And we want to hear from you as well. So honestly, whatever's on your mind, I want to hear about it. You can you can ask me a question. You can share a comment, share a thought. Whatever's on your mind about Royal Caribbean Cruising, let's talk about it. This is this is your forum. So I really want to hear about it. You can, of course, email me, Matt, M-A-T-T, at royalcaribbeanblog.com. So until next time, I'm Matt Hotchberg, and we'll talk again soon.